Hola, mi gente. My name is Jessica Yanez, and I want you to join me for some wine and chisme. The Wine and Chisme podcast was created to amplify voices across communities of color, all while drinking a glass of wine. From wine talk, interviews, and recaps of all things pop culture, join me every Wednesday for the chisme. Please make sure to check out the Wine and Chisme podcast and other amazing podcasts as part of the Latina Podcasters Network. Hey everyone, estás escuchando So Violento, So Macabro podcast. This is Ali. And this is Dee. Y hoy Dee les contará de un caso que sucedió en San José, California. Love is supposed to be easy, but in some cases, love can turn from passion to violence. However, some partners can't seem to find a way out, especially when children are involved. According to Children and Domestic Violence Services, 5 million children witness domestic violence each year in the U.S. 40 million adult Americans grow up living with domestic violence. This is the sad case of Erika Charon Hernandez and Marco Carral Duran. Advertencia. La información de este caso puede ser desencadenante para algunos. Tengan cuenta que algunos de estos casos pueden involucrar menores de edad, abuso, violación o violencia. Escuchen con precaución. Warning. The information on this case can be triggering to some. Please be advised that some of these cases may involve children, abuse, rape, and violence. Listen with caution. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Ever since we discovered Spotify for Podcasters, we have added question box to hear our community's thoughts on our episodes, polls to ask questions on what they think, and so much more. We highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. On June 12, 2022, San Jose Police Department was called at 1 in the morning over a domestic violence dispute in the parking lot of an apartment complex. When police arrived, they found 29-year-old Erika Chanon Pantoja and 23-year-old Marco Carral Duran alongside a 33-year-old Salvador Pantoja 
they were considered dead on arrival. Salvador was Erica Pantoja's estranged husband and father to six children. According to ABC7 News, Erica was trying to file for divorce leading up to that night, which was a Saturday, uh, Sunday um, night. So that argument started at, on Saturday night and ended up being until Sunday in the morning. During the time of their separation, Maria, Erika's sister, told investigators that Erika was was providing for her family. She had left Salvador and she was living on her own with her children. And she was working towards providing for them and being more independent and on her own. Maria told ABC7 News, quote, she was trying to be better off because she knew how he was. But in the end, it still didn't matter. She went on to tell the Mercury News, quote, She called the cops various times, but she didn't want to talk about the abuse. She didn't want anybody to know or to judge her. We told her to go to the police and tell them everything. I don't know what she was thinking. Usually when it comes to domestic violence cases, a lot of the women are afraid to go find help or look for help because they think they're alone in this type right. of situation. So for most most of the time they just either avoid going overall and, and don't file the report to avoid the stigma that comes with domestic violence. Yeah, or even the fear of like if they're threatening them too. Yeah. Like if they're threatening like oh si hablas Esto y esto va a pasar. And that also stops people, that also stops women from, from reporting. That's scary. It, it is. It, it truly is. Maria told NBC Bay Area News that Erica had called the police multiple times on her husband. But the system eventually failed her. And according to San Jose um, Police Department, they only recorded one of the incidents within their files that Maria did did call the authorities against her husband for domestic violence abuse. So out of the many times that she did, only one of those uh, those times that she actually called was um, filed under police reports. So si estaba llamando entonces, she was calling yeah. the police to go to the house, but she wasn't yeah. following through with actually making a report for exactly. him to be in prison like, or incarcerated yeah. or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. So there was so there's a difference between you know gathering evidence and filing right. the report um and then there's uh just calls that, that she had made. So out of all the calls that she had made only one of those times she actually went through and like made claims of domestic violence abuse. Oh, okay. According to Maria, she told different outlets that her sister was actually gathering enough evidence to file a, a domestic violence um, report, um, which came between like photos, um, evidence of like text messages and different types of like evidence that she could gather from the abusive relationship that she was in. And this was all leading up to that Saturday. So they were already separated, but she was actually going to file a report 
leading up to that Saturday. She was already like ready to like file it. But um, sadly, she didn't have the opportunity to go ahead and proceed with the report. On June 12th, both Erika and Salvador were arguing outside of the parking lot of, the, of Erika's apartment complex in front of their children. At some point, Marco Corral Duran approached the couple in order to intervene. Marco was known to be a security guard within the apartment complex, and he would go around the apartment complex to make sure, you know, that there was no fights going on, that there wasn't any sort of uh, criminal activity within the apartments or the apartment parking lot. So when Marco approached the couple, he realized that they were having an argument and having that argument in front of their children. At some point, when Marco approaches the, um, the, the argument, he turns around and tells the children to, you know, to leave the, leave the area. Like, not to, like, run away or anything, but just to, like, you know, to not see them fighting. Go somewhere else. Yeah. And in that second, he sees that Salvador pulls a gun out of out of nowhere he pulls the gun and in a final act of courage Marco told the oldest child within the group to run a second security security guard arrived to the confrontation and takes two of the children and runs out of the scene in that moment the eldest daughter of the couple grabs the rest of the children and runs to safety along with the security guard. In that moment, they hear a gunshot. Salvador ends up shooting Marco and then quickly points the gun at Erika. And next thing you know, they hear another bullet. As Erika fell to the ground, Salvador points the gun to his head and pulls the trigger on himself. Erika and Salvador's oldest daughter, which she's 10 at the moment, was the main witness to her father murdering her mother and Mark. Maria, which is the sister of Erika, told San Francisco ABC the oldest one saw the whole incident. She still cries about it. She can't understand why her father would do that. During the altercation, the kids began asking questions. In an interview with Univision, Maria is quoted saying, Los demás niños le preguntaron, Mi mamá ya se murió, y ella le respondió, No, es ketchup. Ella va a estar bien. La vamos a ir a ver al hospital. Después de que durmieron a los niños, los calmamos, y hasta ahorita, ellos ya no han visto a su mamá, y ya no la van a volver a ver. So within the crime that was happening, the oldest daughter prevented from the younger ones to see what actually happened or to react in any way of what they saw. So she had told them, oh no, that's like, that's, that's ketchup. That she's be, she'll, she's going to be fine to avoid telling them it was blood. No los quería traumar. Yeah. Yeah. No quería que les, uh, yeah. Oh my God. 
pobre, pobre niña. Yeah, for her to react like that quick and be like, I need to protect my siblings. And for a 10-year-old... He's 10. Yeah, for her to go ahead and be the adult in this situation, basically, to calm them down and to avoid any sort of, like, tra trauma to their siblings, which, uh, you know, as, as adults, we know that that trauma is inevitable in this type of situation but it's something that the kids yeah. don't need to remember their last thoughts to be about their mother like that's the last thing you would want these children to remember their mother or even their father yeah yeah so according to documents the youngest one was one year old so it's one to ten They all varied within that age range. So heartbreaking just to imagine these poor little six kids van a crecer sin sus padres. Yeah. Por, por domestic violence. Por no soportar él. Por él no soportar de que Erika ya estaba cansada. Yeah. He didn't want her to have the last say. Yeah. According to an interview with Telemundo, the oldest daughter had told his her aunt that Marco was an angel who came to protect them. Yeah. Marco is remembered by his family and his cousin, who told NBC Bay Area News that Marco was, had a contagious smile, that mm. he was always read, ready to uh, lend a helping hand and ready to help anyone who needed it. In that same interview, there's a clip of him with a recently shaved head, and he is quoted as saying that some lucky kids will have this wig out of my hair in order for them until, until they grow their own, according to Gustavo. He was donating, he donated su pelo. Yeah. So according to Gustavo, he grew out his hair for five years and then cut it all off weeks prior to this incident in order to give a kid's opportunity to have wigs um, for those who have lost their hair from cancer so you could just see the amount of empathy this person had his heart he had a big heart que si él no hubiera estado ahí quien sabe que hubiera pasado con los niños él estuvo ahí para proteger a los niños yeah he lost his life at the hand of domestic violence just for being a bystander and his only job was to protect and to prevent something bad from happening and yet it happened to him His cousin also says his cousin also goes on to say that Marco had been working as a security guard for a year. He was hoping to make a long-lived career out of his job. And sadly that was cut short by somebody who was unhappy and needed to act violently in order for him to get his way. Gustavo has also told the NBC Bay Area News that Marcos, Marco had planned to work within uh, his job as a security guard in order to provide for his siblings and his mother, but also to build a home for them in Mexico. So it, go it goes to show how, like, how much he cared about everyone around him and his, for his job and for the people that he was servicing within his job. And truly, he, ha he had such a courageous heart to stop this... Uh, activity from happening even though it, it ended tragically 
According to Maria, she told news outlets that Marco was there to protect the children and she is honored that he did something so courageous that who knows would have what would have happened if he wasn't there because they don't know what Salvador's intention was when it came to murdering Erika. They didn't know if he was going to go after the yeah. children next before going after himself. Uno quisiera pensar que no era capaz de lastimar a sus que un padre no es capaz de lastimar a sus hijos, but we've seen cases where they just don't care. Yeah. They don't care que les va, van a causar tra trauma, dolor, anything to their kids. Exactly. It's he went with an intention. Yeah. He had the gun on him. Like, he knew what he was doing. Y enfrente los niños. Like, no. Because you would have assumed, like, okay, he had a gun. Oh, my God. He was ready to murder. There was already a plan to yeah. do so. Um, Marco is an angel. He was. He was. He saved these kids, not just their lives, but from seeing their mom in this way. That's just, it's so tragic. I agree. According to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, according to the National Coalition Against Domestic Violence, one in 15 children are exposed to intimate partner violence each year, and 90% of these children are eyewitnesses to the violence. Within the same study, 20% of the victims within these types of homicides were family members, friends, neighbors, people who intervene, law enforcement responders, or bystanders. Also, 90% of these victims in murder-suicide involved domestic violence are female. And 72% of these crimes, the intimate partner dies as well. So you can imagine, out of all of this information, children are the main witness when it comes to these types of violence. We've seen it in this week's episode and last week's episode, where children visibly see and are part of the domestic violence. Those numbers, they're high. Yeah. Muy altos esos números. That's not okay. Exactly. It's like one in 15 children. That's a lot. Te pones a pensar. Eso es mucho. Like, if you put it into a classroom, Jesus. there's, there's what, like 25 to 28 children? 30 in, now. <laughs> yeah, one to, mm. yeah, 28 to 30 kids in a classroom. Yeah. So two children from each classroom is has experienced domestic violence has seen domestic violence or have been witness of it. So two out of a classroom of 30 kids. And then when you add, when you put that in like, you know, in the school perspective of like each classroom has, like each school has this many classrooms, you start to realize that the number is so large. It is. And sometimes these cases are reported because like we said earlier, they're afraid. They're afraid to be judged. They're afraid that their partner is going to come after them. They're just... Okay, van a cambiar. Porque prometen yeah. que van a cambiar. Yeah. So in, in all of these cases, there's always a reason to stay or a reason to not go look for help. It, it's unbelievably tragic. And apart from the abuse happening within the couple... There's people who are pulled with pulled within that violence that have nothing to do with it. It's completely tragic that other people are involved. So it doesn't only affect the couple, 
but it affects the children, the, the family of the victim, and the innocent bystanders or people who are trying to stop it from happening are also involved in domestic violence. So at the end of the day, it's not somebody else's problem. But it's also everyone else's problem. It's not just something that happens in closed doors. It's a it's an epidemic. Because these children grow up. These, these children continue the cycle. If they don't break it, they continue the cycle. And they end up, you know, being people that abuse of other people. Or they themselves become the victim. Yeah, porque piensan que esto es normal. Yeah, they grew up with it. They witness it. So especially when it comes to, you know, the our, our, our culture, you realize that a lot of our the people that we have either grew up with or have been in close contact with, there's been domestic violence. And you have encouraged these people to move on or to move away from their partners who have been violent towards them. But it, it, it doesn't happen, you know, because there's shame, there's guilt, there's, there's just, there's always a reason to not want to leave. And we're not, you know, victim shaming in any way. But everybody, you know, goes through their own pattern of realizing when enough is enough. Es lo triste porque uno dice, ah, con el tiempo las cosas están mejorando, ya no pasa tan seguido. Antes pasaba más, like, antes era más, it was normalized. It's like, no, it's still happening. Yeah. It's, it needs to stop. Like, when is it going to stop? When is it going to be enough? Yeah. No, y esto también empieza, like, it starts from home. Like, yeah. even if you're not in a, a, a unhealthy relationship, it's just teaching your kids what's appropriate behavior. Teaching your kids como, uh, how to manage your anger what's okay what's not okay like just teaching your kids to be respectful and be in a healthy relationship it's teaching your kids empezar desde que están jóvenes yeah because it always starts when they're little it's when yeah. you begin to mold their minds and to become better human beings yeah in order for them to be better good human beings as well it's teach your kids Yeah. Teach them what's healthy and what's unhealthy. Que nadie abuse de ellos. Teach them like how they should be treated in a relationship and how they should treat their partner as well. Yeah, exactly. And also, you know, learn when when to say enough is enough, and yeah. and and feel open to not have the shame and the guilt of leaving just because either you want your their children to grow up without a father. Or because you don't want, you know, you're too scared of what other people would think. It's better to be happy and, and away from this toxic behavior than to live with it. And, and you know, just just to prevent from el que dirá, which, uh, which I know that a lot of, as a culture, we, we sometimes care too much of what other people might think, even though this isn't their relationship. Y eso es una cosa, y con eso es un poco más fácil salirte. Es más difícil salirte cuando te están amenazando. Yeah. I think that's the one that just makes it really hard for 
men and women to leave a relationship because yeah. oh si me dejas me voy a hacer esto si me dejas le voy a hacer a, a tu familia o a ti it's it's so fucking scary yeah. yeah it's like imagine living your life with fear paranoid that someone's out there to like to hurt you yeah that's the worst definitely yeah according to Univision Maria is really looking forward to meeting Marco Marco's family she says that she would really like to meet them and thank them personally for everything that he had done for her family and for saving so many lives. As of now, the six children have been divided between Maria, her sister Georgia, and her and their mother. The San Jose Police Department has also raised money to provide the family with financial help. And they're also part of a program where children of domestic violence uh, get receive some income in order to help them within their situation. Also, Marco's um, cousin Gustavo tells Univision that he has opened a GoFundMe with the rest of Marco's family in order to receive financial payment for his funeral and for any expenses that they might face within this tragic tragic case. If you're experiencing domestic violence, call the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 or go to thehotline.org. All calls are toll-free and confidential. The hotline is available 24-7 and has more than 170 languages to choose from. Puedo repetir el número otra vez, so in case people didn't. It is 1-800-799-7233. I don't say it in Spanish also, just in case people might need it. 1-800-799-7233. O puedes visitar el, el website de thehotline.org. And once again, it's open 24-7. It's toll-free, so there's no charges. If you want help and you need help, there's resources. And we will also include them in our Instagram account in, in case you need to see them. And also within the description of this episode. And that was the case of Erika Chanon Hernandez and Marco Carral Duran. He was a, a very a very positive person. Um, he was always willing to give out a helping hand. And this is not fair what happened to her. But I know she's in a good place now, you know. We always told her to go get help. We told her, get help, get help. Out of respect for the family, a lot of uh, news outlets refer to Erika as Erika Janon Pantoja which is the last name of Salvador. And in this case, as you might see in the title, or, or when I refer to Erika as Erika Chanon Hernandez, because that's her official unmarried name. Um, so due to respect and due to the respecting the family and, and Erika herself, I'm using her maiden name within the episode, you know, as, as, as a form of respect. Also, like I said before, I will link all the... Um, GoFundMe's or place where you can donate in order to um, help the family if, if you feel uh, inclined to do so. 
um, all of the links were, will be in the description or um, I'll add them to our Facebook page and um, hopefully add them somewhere in our link tree. You can also uh, find the information that I, of the domestic um, abuse hotline um, in the description as well. And, you know, there's help out there. And if you're suffering through domestic violence or you've seen domestic abuse, you know, if you see something, say something. If you need the help, the help is out there. All you have to do is reach out. So, yeah, that's that's where I'll leave that today. But um, that was this week's episode. Um, and, yeah, uh, we'll leave polls and question box on our episode to, you know, hear from you guys and hear your thoughts and opinions on this case. Oh, I was going to say really quickly, if any of you just need book recommendations or just worksheets or anything regarding anything with mental health you guys can always también mandarnos un mensaje and we would be um we would be sharing all that information if it's needed as well yes our uh, dms and our messages are open as well yeah. as our gmail if you need it um our gmail is so violento so macabro podcast the way that it's spelled on our uh, basically on our all of our socials um, at gmail.com so again it's podcast at gmail.com um, just let us know like hey I was looking for worksheets or book recommendations regarding domestic violence or depression depression anxiety anxiety anything. and yeah. mental health um, you know with, with we'll send them we'll, we'll send them over and we'll you know we can help you guys out so um, you guys have want to share your stories to us you guys can share it we won't no los vamos a compartir if you guys tell us, hey, we're just telling, I'm just telling you, you two, like, don't share it. Yeah. Um, but if you guys want us to share it, we can also do that. Yep. Or if you have any sort of cases that you would want us to cover also, let us know. If you know of any, like, hometown cases in your area that you would like us to talk about, we're open to those suggestions as well. Um, but yeah, uh, also, we just like to say thank you for all, for all your support and for listening and for being so supportive of us and and the community and 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 again if you want to follow us on any of our social platforms we have instagram twitter and tiktok you could follow us at svsm underscore podcast or you could search for us on facebook podcast um you could also click the link in our bio in any of those and it'll show up on the top like all our socials um just give us a follow send us a dm we're open to the conversation um and if you want to find the rest of the 61 episodes you could go on apple Podcasts, spotify Podcasts, um amazon music uh google Podcasts, and just search up seven smacaro podcast and uh we'll pop up so yeah yeah Anything else? That is all for this week. That is all for this week. Oh. And um, yeah. we're looking forward to... Oh, stay to- safe out there. Definitely. Uh, for those that live in California, stay safe. I know. there's well, anywhere. In- just stay safe. Definitely anywhere. But in California, right. we're going through this major rainstorm. Uh, today, I heard there was a tornado somewhere in downtown Did you LA. see the videos? It was in I Montebello. I have not. I have not oh seen it. Oh, my God. But I've heard that there's... <sighs> I haven't even left my house, girl. I, I'm like, I'm That's scary. in um mm-hmm. it's scary yeah, yeah i saw those videos and i'm like oh my god these are things 
that you no, you don't expect in like in California. I was yeah. Like, uh-uh. Usually no. we don't we don't see the this much of this much rain, so uh, definitely we need it. We definitely. Yeah, I don't mind it. the rain. I don't yeah. mind the rain, but tornadoes. <laughs> yeah. No or snow. Earthquakes. Snow. No. Still no. no. We live in California no. and we hate earthquakes. If anybody, yeah, no. if we could literally sleep through an earthquake, mind you, but we don't want them. You know. <laughs> no. Um, Just stay safe out there. Stay you guys. safe. Um, stay safe. Uh, you know, let us talk to us. We're open to talk to you guys any day, every day. Um, yeah. So if you have any other questions, let us know and we'll go ahead and answer them for you. Um, but until then, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Stay spooky.